This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hi, this is Mark Rako. More than five years ago, Garrett Borns, also known as Borns, then a rising indie recording artist and fashion darling, joined me, Rob Sanchez, and guest host Julia McAllister on Fashion Is Your Business and revealed the genesis of his creative life from Michigan roots and artistic upbringing, how he connected with the fashion world, the creative collaboration on music videos and wardrobe, how he connected with the fashion industry and how a Gucci shirt on Jimmy Fallon led to creative partnership, what doors have been opened by connecting with the fashion world, and much, much more. This is one of my favorite interviews over the history of Fashion Is Your Business. We thought we'd share it again with you now. And make sure to join us next week for a really epic, brand new, special episode, which will include a big announcement. From New York City, you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to what I think is a special episode of Fashion Is Your Business, because our guest today is recording artist Borns. That's right. We have a pop star in our studio, and we're going to talk to him about everything music, fashion, and show right here on Fashion Is Your Business. Don't go anywhere, because this is going to be a very, very cool interview. And guess what? The show starts right now. Hey, this is Borns, and what I love about fashion is, well, I'm inspired by many generations, uh, mostly my five-year-old self and uh, also my, my grandmother's floral prints. I get pretty imaginative, and uh, I'll, I'll wear pretty much anything. Fashion is your business, everybody. So glad you're with us. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Rob Sanchez. Hey, y'all. Hey, Rob. And we're joined by the lovely and, uh, uh, I would say, uh, a properly talented Ms. Julie McAllister, our guest host for the day. Julie McAllister, of course, the co-founder of Preline. Hi, Julia. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so nice to see you again. And, uh, and today, uh, uh, along with his considerable entourage, we are joined by uh, the, the really very, very cool recording artist, Borns, or Garrett Borns, his, his real name, but he's well known as Borns, a really rising pop star. And he's here in the studio with us, and you're going to find out why in just a minute. Hey, Borns. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, really, really happy to have you. Uh, so cool that you're here with us, and uh, and welcome to everybody else that's here with us, all of his uh, people, his PR people, and label people, and, and marketing people, and friends, and I don't even know all, all the people. All, all the people are here. So uh, so uh, just a couple quick pieces of housekeeping to get out of the way. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody, please follow us on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. And by the way, you can also follow Borns uh, at Borns Music 
on Twitter and I assume all of the other social media outlets there. And uh, we'd love you to follow both of us and uh, and have a conversation with us and, uh, and see what we can, uh, what, what kind of mess we can we can make it at. So uh, and of course follow us on our own website at fashionisyourbusiness.com. You can find all of our old and uh, current episodes uh, on our website and iTunes and Stitcher. And if you happen to pop by one of those. Uh, iTunes or Stitcher thingies, you can you know, give us a little five-star rating or something like that. That, that always makes our day. All right, so uh, to the interview, uh, I'd like to start out this way, Borns. Uh, why don't you give us a quick uh, Reader's Digest a thumbnail sketch of, of who you are and, and also kind of what has connected you to the fashion industry? Hmm. Thumbnail sketch. Uh, let's see. Uh, I am uh, a Michigan boy, um, okay. born and raised. Yeah. Uh, uh, right on Lake Michigan, actually, on the like the west coast of the Lower Peninsula. Um, so, grew up climbing a lot of trees, playing in the water, sailing, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, in a fairly artistic household, uh, my dad is a, a really amazing painter, and um, and my folks played a lot of records growing up. I had a piano that I, you know, just kind of took took to uh, a lot of writing just random songs mostly just making silly just parody songs but uh, but somehow that turned to me re- uh, traveling and uh, becoming a, a recording artist for a living um, which is I've always had different artistic endeavors you know I always wanted to make um, support myself in an interesting fashion so yeah and speaking of fashion, how did you how did you uh, see what I did with that segue there? I like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. how, how did how, how did you end up connecting with the fashion world in any way? Getting getting kind of there here. Yeah, connecting the fashion world. Uh, it kind of um, it happened just kind of with my my own fascination, um, just kind of dabbling in uh, just wearing strange things, <laughs> costumes. I had a growing up. I actually had this. Um, in my basement, I had a like a dress-up room. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my sister, and we collected like secondhand costumes, um, and we wow. always made our own costumes for Halloween. And and uh, that is cool. I yeah, like that. for me, I felt like Halloween was like every day of the year. I just kind of wore silly things around. Um, I was always kind of in a character, I suppose, as a young a young child. And wearing my sister's clothes too. I wasn't really too afraid of wearing anything, really. Yeah. So, um, and then to uh, I guess now being a musician and and performing on stage, I feel like fashion has a uh, just what you wear is very much what you hear, um, or what the audience hears. I think so much of what you're seeing is. Um, is affecting how you're hearing the music. That's so true. You think you know? about like body language, how, how much that means to understanding what someone has to say and the inflection. So right. clearly what you wear is, and the show that you put on is going to have a lot to do with how people, right. the total experience of your music. Otherwise people would just sit on a stage in a bare stool <laughs> with a white background and play their songs. And right. Which is also a aesthetic. 
It's yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that works too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, My favorite concert was actually that. So it was um, James Taylor playing mm. every single guitar he ever owned no and way. telling you what songs that he wrote on it. Oh wow! And just sitting on a stool, wow. nothing else but guitars and him. So, mm. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah, good. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I like simplicity, you know, yeah. and design and songwriting and fashion. I I feel like the way I dress on stage or just in photos is kind of how I make music as well kind of just take different pieces borrow things I like to borrow instruments as well um, because I feel like there's kind of an energy in borrowing an instrument rather than like buying it brand new Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it just kind of has different songs in it waiting waiting for you to kind of pull them out Um, so I like borrowing clothes too Um, I lived with uh, had a roommate um, a really talented singer-songwriter named Zella Day, and she has a really amazing style. And uh, so sometimes we <laughs> traded clothes, which meant me, like, wearing her clothes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think... I think Artistic I, expression. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that you borrow some of your fashions, but I find both your music and your fashion sense to be very original. Hmm. And I'm wondering where you find your inspiration, because I do think that in uh, sometimes fashion and music can seem quite saturated and producing something original um, seems to be very unique and hard to find. And I think that's what's so special about both your fashion and your music sense. So how do you incorporate borrowing from others, but also producing something original of your own? Um, that's a very good question. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, yeah, um, I'm really drawn to like vintage shops, you know, and, um, just finding kind of that one piece, that one like little thing to add to your wardrobe. I like adding things in like slow portions, um, just like a little, like a dash of a, of a, uh, ingredient or something, you know. I don't really think too much about it. I definitely am influenced by um, performers that uh, don't really, are, are, are pretty um, fearless with their style, like Mark Bolin and Bowie, just kind of like the glam rock era, you know. Um, and uh, I feel like a lot of that, a lot of the, I feel like Bowie was such a pioneer of of um, so many things in fashion that you still see today, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. haircuts and even just, yeah, just style in general. So it's like, I feel like he kind of laid the foundation for so many different kinds of uh, unique fashions. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I, I really don't think too much about it. I just kind of know what I like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any aspirations at some point in your career? Have you ever thought about, with your interest in fashion, creating your own fashion line? And the reason I'm so interested in that question is because so much of your fashion and even tastes in music have to do with using what others have made and mm-hmm. then make repurposing it for your own recipe. Right. So I'm interested whether even having a fashion line, which gives you a chance to put your fashion stamp on things, mm-hmm we kind of go against your taste in fashion. Uh, yeah, that's not really something that I've thought about. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I like making 
things that are kind of unique and kind of un re um replicatable uh when i was in like um middle school uh there was like this trend right when like ripped jeans were kind of a thing <laughs> yeah. like sp- bleach splattered jeans or like covered in paint and ripped like people used to give me their jeans and i would like destroy them for them <laughs> drag them behind like tie them up to my bike and ride them around the neighborhood and like splatter them bleach and and uh just make like a unique pair of jeans for them um i kind of like that um what is that called couture <laughs> uh, i'm pretty to be honest i'm like really new to the whole fashion world like um, it's really intriguing to me, but I've never, it was only this year that I started going to fashion shows and, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's always kind of intimidated me, you know, uh, and I feel like I don't really know anything about fashion. I just kind of just put some things together and I've been working with some, uh, some good friends, some really talented stylists that, I, that I'm like, yeah, like give me some glittery, like sequenced things or like something like my grandma would wear mm-hmm. and they're like totally i get it and um <laughs> have taught me a lot about fashion too it's about what's what's kind of like in or whatever i'm kind of wondering what your grandma would wear so uh, <laughs> like there's like, a wide range of grandmas out there oh for <laughs> sure but like it's kind of crazy like if you look at what's hip for like young men fashion wise a lot of it's a lot of it could is pretty synonymous with like grandma wear like big sunglasses <laughs> like f- long kind of froey hair yeah. <laughs> um like floral shirts kind of like blousey shirts you know high-waisted pants um so yeah go to the go to your grandma's closet or like go to go to your grandma's attic and she probably has some gems <laughs> You know, you know, and I love, especially with people who are in the public eye, like yourself, when you decide you're going to wear something, you can put on grandma's shirt and people go, wow, that's radical, man. I love that. Start doing that. You know, yeah, that's all fashion. Look, you say, I don't know. I'm I'm just learning about fashion and fashion shows and stuff. And I'm I'm like, who's born with that knowledge? We we accumulate it over time. And you're you're starting to purposefully accumulate it in a way Mm. by going to shows and stuff. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how that influences your own professional st- styling for yourself. Mm. Yeah. Fashion yeah. is just what you can wear with a straight face, right? Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I guess so. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take this moment and just kind of uh, toss the mic over to Rob for... And now, the Fashion Vest Investment News. All right. So um, it's interesting that you already brought up David Bowie. I wanted to talk a little bit about an article that just came out. Um, so obviously uh, David Bowie has passed fairly recently and in uh, John Galliano's spring 2016 show in Paris he just had um he basically did a tribute to to Bowie on the catwalk so he added uh the makeup and styles from the uh, Ziggy Stardust era and uh, Aladdin Sane era mm-hmm. so um he brought together these amazing graphics, amazing images, and amazing looks that are very iconic from David Bowie's uh, 
range of looks, I mm-hmm. guess, and um, brought them into his show as a way of both paying tribute and then also showing the relevance of, right. of that. So I thought that it was interesting to kind of let's touch back on that a little bit, and that's one of those great instances of an, an insane musical talent crossing with just beautiful, beautiful style and looks mm-hmm. um, in a way that's still relevant today. So um, I was wondering what your thoughts are, um, both on Bowie and then also a little bit on this, I guess, um, this look back that's happening inside of fashion, mm-hmm. as well as where you see this kind of crossover going between um, the music world and the fashion world. Bowie is one of those artists that I feel like throughout his whole career, I don't think he ever put out an album that wasn't relevant of the time, but also kind of pushing the boundaries of the time and... Um, and uh, just saying exactly what he wants to say and, <laughs> and really not caring at all. Um, uh, or maybe it's because he, he, cares, he cares a lot and, and wants to get his, his point across, you know. Um, and, uh, and also someone that you can see throughout the years has taken so many different transformations, you know. Um, and... He he's been like the, like, the thin white duke, <laughs> in the suit, you know, and really suave and like masculine, and then like, literally worn like a a gown on one of his album covers, but yeah. somehow makes it still masculine yeah, it's Bowie, in a weird man. way. It's, okay. it's, it's yeah. Bowie, yeah. Um, My grandma would wear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's definitely from Grandma's Closet. Uh, so Bowie. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he represents so many different kind of kinds of things um, uh, musically and uh, just as a uh, as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take a lot of inspiration from him just because he's fearless in that mm-hmm. way. Um, and let's see, Ziggy Stardust. That album um, was really. Uh, close to me when I moved to California like three years ago um, I I moved into this guest house um, kind of up in the hills um, in kind of the secret little pocket of LA um, and these hills are like really just beautiful and lush and fruit trees and it's it was actually one of the first places that um, Yogananda went in like the 20s and made this self-realization fellowship mm-hmm. at the top of the canyon and it's still up there um there's like these meditation gardens and like this really beautiful old hotel that like monks still live in and uh and so there's just kind of like this re- very meditative uh quality about this place i lived and i moved into this guest house uh with this um this family um art loving uh, I showed them my music and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a place to stay for like a month. And they were like, absolutely, welcomed me in. And they always had interesting pool parties with like their artist friends. And they loved Bowie so much. Their kids were named after Bowie. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or Bowie albums. Um, and, uh, and they just kind of like took me in and, and, and believed in my music and 
supported me um, artistically and just gave me a really beautiful environment to live in and create in. And uh, and Ziggy Stardust was always playing on the speakers outside. I felt like <laughs> I woke up to that album and fell asleep to it. And uh, and that was kind of while I was uh, kind of discovering this new sound um, mm-hmm. and uh, creating under the moniker of just Borns. I've, I used to just go by Garrett Borns. So Borns was the kind of rebirth, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, that's when I was really um, getting into the different collections of Bowie's archives. It's, it's interesting. The music of yours that I've heard so far, I, I have to say, hearing you say that, I can hear kind of a little influence in there mm. just in terms of some of the dreamy quality of things and mm-hmm. the, the layering of the sounds. And I, mm. I, could, I could see how there could be influence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a melodic, lyrical yeah. genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to do a deep dive into you and your music and again you're a little further on your connection with fashion in a minute but uh, we're gonna before we go to break we're gonna uh take a moment for one of my favorite parts of the show and that is it's time to feed the animals that's right feed the animals uh where we (laughs) have a chance to break bread with our guests who are kind enough to bring a snack in and uh, I'm, you did bring a snack in. Right? I brought a snack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, kind enough to bring a snack in and, and uh, break bread with us. And, Absolutely. And uh, it's a great chance to do it. So uh, uh, what have you been kind enough to bring? I love when a uh, you know recording artist, pop star, kind of comes by with a little snack. Hey, yeah. Mm. Um, snack time. Brought polka dot napkins. Oh. Polka dot. Nice. Look at that. <laughs> Very fashionable. Um, yes, house. polka dot napkins are very in. <laughs> you know, I think it's from your new home. They're vintage. A, <laughs> I, I think you gently made, used in in eighty some odd shows. I really think you're the first person that gave particular thought to the napkins that they <laughs> brought. So that's really great. Um, you know, just I just want them you to be. You only brought napkins. Is I want them to saying? be an accessory. It's yeah, fiber. It's a good fiber. <laughs> it is gluten free. It's gluten free. It's a nice as, accessory. As you said, because it's gently used, it does have a little subtle flavor to it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Like currency, like money. Yeah, exactly. Um, these are uh, these actually are gluten free cupcakes. Um, nice. And That's they're, awesome. Uh, from Aaron. McKenna's Wow, um, very thoughtful. Bakery. Yeah. yeah um, really there's a few different, <laughs> few different flavors in here. Wow, I'm impressed. And this lovely packaging. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Awesome. Feels like boxes <laughs> should be easy to get into. Nice. Not, yeah, I know. Do you, right? want, you want help with that? It's like opening a CD, too. It's like, why is it so hard to <laughs> music? I know. Ah, here we go. Oh, voila. Nice. Oh, Ooh, there, there you are. Nice. Very good. <laughs> um, Thank you. That's oh my gosh. Yeah. Good enough for everybody. That's for sure. Us and all the people. (laughs) Thank you. Very nice. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Take a picture of that. Awesome. uh, Well, that's great. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna munch on our uh, amazing-looking cupcakes, gluten-free cupcakes. There you go. uh, Brought to you by Borns. 
And uh, I'm going to pass them down to all the peoples so they can share in them as well. And, uh, oh, yeah. sure. and what we'll do is we'll enjoy our cupcakes and reflect on them when we come back from our break. And what we're going to do is uh, go into a break and we're going to play uh, one of Bourne's uh, great songs, which is called Electric Love. And uh, how, how old is this song? How, is this a new, a new tune for you? Um, let's see. This song, probably about a, actually about a year old now, yeah. So let's listen to the, uh, the great music of Bourne's uh, Electric Love, and we'll be back with more on Fashion Issue Business right after this. Don't go anywhere. taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. everybody welcome back to fashion is your business uh, you were just listening to the song electric love by the recording artist borns who oh i don't know happens to be in studio with us at the moment we're interviewing him and uh thanks again for the cupcakes uh i'm eating a chocolate upon chocolate cupcake so double double trouble there yeah you know yeah this one is pumpkin mm, yeah <laughs> yeah it's spicy it's very good all right, so um, let's start out with this. What brings you to New York, my friend? Uh, New York. Well, um, I thought you guys needed some sunshine, so I just brought True. brought a little warmth from the West Coast over, just to you know. Yeah, we noticed. Thaw the snowdrifts, <laughs> and uh, you're welcome. Yeah, that was really kind of you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That and us, right? Those were the only two reasons. And you guys, yeah, had to deliver Perfect, some cupcakes, yeah. played played some music, played some shows. Yeah. yeah. So Where did you play? It's going to be back in New York. Uh, the Fordham College. We played a, um, yes, we played a uh, <laughs> college show there. And um, and then I did a show at Rough Trade, like an acoustic show. Fun. Yeah. Fun, that's cool. And what, what's next? What's kind of on your agenda coming up? Um, coming up, uh, playing a couple more shows. Um couple more college shows and heading back to LA and getting in the studio for a week 
um, just to get some ideas down before I head out to Europe for um, tour. So heading out, um, I'm going on tour for like three weeks with Halsey. Wow. Um, who's a really amazing singer. Um, and uh, yeah, we're playing some very cool theaters in Europe. So yeah. And do you have a new album now or one in the works? Yeah, I do. Um, I have an album called Dopamine. It came out in October. Great. And uh, I've been touring on that. So playing all that material. Now, do you have do you record a, a music video for every song on an album now, or you just do choice singles, or how does that work at this point? Yeah, um, I recorded a music video for the two singles off the album, um, or two music videos for the two singles. Um, one for Electric Love, which we shot in the hills in L.A., kind of <coughs> in the sort of uh, enchanted forest theme. With dancing celestial cheerleaders, the whole works. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, and then I shot one for Emerald Pools in a pool with lots of glitter. So that was... Fun. That was in, in my weird. hair for... <laughs> it still is. It's still in my hair. <laughs> I think I ingested a oh good amount of glitter, gosh, too. Yeah. yeah. Constantly now, sparkling. You, it's constantly. <laughs> yes. Inside and out. When you shoot a music video, you personally, uh, especially given your own input into your style, mm -hmm. do you have input creatively into the music videos? And how does your style get uh, you know, put into the, become a part of the music video uh, feel? Yeah. Um, the two music videos I did for those songs were a collaborative effort. Um, so, um, so yeah, I put my two cents in with, uh, kind of how I, I visualize it, both, um, just how, what I'm wearing and how it looks and, and post production. But, uh, I recently filmed an acoustic series, I guess you can call it, um, with a string quartet. So I had oh, wow. three of my songs scored for strings and, uh, and filmed this video kind of in the style of the old Playboy After Dark videos <laughs> uh, where Hugh Hefner had, like, you know, some people up for cocktails to his penthouse and had, like, bands in the 70s, like Deep Purple or mm -hmm. the Grateful Dead playing songs. <laughs> and uh, everyone just sipping cocktails. As you do, and yeah. As you do, yeah. And um, schmoozing. Uh, so I, I uh, filmed this series... In a, in a uh, similar aesthetic, um, velvety, low-lit, kind of like, uh, you know, a nice haze floating around. Um, and uh, I um, put out a, one of the videos for Electric Love, um, and so that one's out right now. But the other ones are going to kind of trickle out. But, but yeah, um, that was, uh, I, I wrote the, the treatment for that video so that was the first one that I, I wrote the whole treatment for so yeah how did you end up connecting to the fashion industry in the first place how did that even come to because that's part of what we've learned about you is yes you're a recording artist you're a musician you're an artist in general um, and you have your own sense of style uh, that's gotten some attention but you've also kind of made a friend of the fashion industry how did that even start um, through friends that are stylists um, I, uh, I wore this, uh, Gucci, um, shirt and, uh, for a late night performance mm -hmm. and, um, 
and uh, my my Silas cat was uh, she was trying to get me into Gucci for a while and has been talking to them and so they um, they they gave me a shirt and a belt for a Fallon performance and and then uh, the company kind of got one of that performance and um, Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon's yeah. Uh, and uh, and then yeah, um, I love by the way how that was just like yeah, Fallon performance. I mean that's yeah. kind of a big <laughs> yeah. No, that was a <laughs> definite like milestone for me, big time. Um, and that was like the day the album came out, so it was like a oh, yeah. definitely a big big day. Um, Gucci liked the um, the idea of a partnership, uh, you know, um, with my music and the the inspirations that I draw from the eras um, are. I think are similar to uh, the new creative director for Gucci was Alessandro Maleche, and uh, he's a amazing visionary, um, and everything that he's doing to the line right now is completely mm-hmm. like changed it. And he's also gone back in the archives, which I really like, mm-hmm. like really old Gucci, yeah. and like taking out like different animals that were. Uh, incorporated in some of the designs and also sure. attaching like um meaning just like spiritually like spirit mm-hmm. animals to yeah. the mm-hmm. to the new the new line and uh being inspired by 60s and 70s and yeah, yeah. so uh so i feel like it just kind of made sense yeah, mm-hmm. for us to work together so and now you were in rebecca minkoff's show um yeah your music mm-hmm. and uh, what was that experience like? Right now, they're kind of the cutting edge for a lot of the fashion tech side. Right. Um, so I'm I'm wondering what your experience was like and how you kind of fit into what they were doing. Um, yeah, it was a similar thing. Um, her line uh, when I performed at her at her show was uh, inspired by kind of like '70s rock and roll, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so. Um, I played two songs at her at her show for when um, the models are walking on the runway, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, I just I think it just kind of fit, just mm-hmm. um, inspiration wise. But, yeah. How do you make sure that the brands you are working with are a fit? Now that you probably have a lot of fashion brands reaching out to you, mm-hmm. asking to work with you. How do you make sure that your aesthetic is aligned with the brands that you are working with? Uh, I guess um, if it's something that I would wear, <laughs> or yeah. um, or I could picture myself, you know, or I would I would dress my band in. I have uh, there's two girls and two guys in my band, so um, uh, I feel like we all kind of um, I get them wearing. Interesting uh-huh. things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, I guess if it just matches my style. How, how how much of their style is their style versus trying to connect with your style? Um, Particularly when you're playing, obviously. Right. I mean, most of it's uh, clothes that I, I have my stylist pick out. Um, so like jumpsuits, um, that. That sort of stuff. <laughs> um, Can't uh, have too many jumps. Kind of like astronaut wear. Fashionable <laughs> astronaut stuff is good. Yeah. Do you wear Rebecca Minkoff? <laughs> uh, I wear, um, I've, I've worn Yuri's uh, yeah. shoes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
He makes some really nice yeah. leather kicks. He makes some yeah. really nice kicks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to start referring to you as the fashionable astronaut from now on, by the way. Great. I like that. That's a good, good album name. By the way, that's, uh, <laughs> you also can feel free to ignore Mark. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Thanks, Rob. Yep. <laughs> the fashionable uh, astronaut. I like that. Yeah, sure. so, uh, speaking of fashionable, I've noticed the ring on your finger that you've been playing with while oh, we've been talking. And right. it's, uh, what is that? Is it a lion's head or a skull or what the, is that? Uh, yes, it's a lion's head. Um, this is one of Alessandro's creations. Um, you know. Spirit animal? Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess so. Um, definitely a, a very fierce look on his face. <laughs> so in, in your connection with the fashion industry, what kind of doors do you feel that's open for you at this point, either musically or just creatively in general? I never really considered myself much of a uh, fashionista or anything. I just kind of wore things because it was fun. But uh, But it's... It's interesting to be kind of a part of the um, the fashion world now. Or just kind of, I'm, I feel like I'm just breaking into it. I really, I know nothing about it, <laughs> um, but I, I find it very fascinating. And um, and it's great to be working with um, people that are just very uh, inspiring, pleasant people. Like Alessandro is like one of the nicest people I've ever mm. met. So um, it's nice that he's kind of welcomed me with open arms to his line and and. Uh, and, and feels like I inspire his, uh, or I inspire him, or um, I guess I'm a muse of some sort. So it's, um, it's yeah, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering about your experience of performing. You performed live at Rebecca Minkoff, is that? Mm-hmm. Um, what I both love and am very interested in inside of the fashion industry is how short the um, the presentations are of the clothes compared with how much work goes into them, right? And so I'm I'm wondering what it was like for you to perform in a in basically a uh, I guess it's is basically a, a form of expression that's so fleeting but so intense and so produced and um, <laughs> how deep, how does man. that compare to to kind of what you do when you're on stage for yourself? I uh, I think it's very similar. I think music is is one of the most fleeting things you could do as an art form because it's very ephemeral. It just kind of lasts in the moment, you know. It's something that you just make a sound and it floats away, <laughs> evaporates. So, like um, when I'm making a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think there's a lot of similarities just to making an album, you know, all the painstaking um, edits and. Um, vocal takes and trying things and layering things and being inspired by new stuff and old stuff and um, just trying to make an an album's worth of music fit together too you know it's like it's like making a whole line of clothing so um, I feel for them (laughs) I know like what the I know what they go through and the weird thing is 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 similarly to some aspects of fashion or certainly fashion technology anyway the the assembling of things and similar to putting songs and an album together Mm -hmm. some of the beauty is in not knowing it's there 
mm. not knowing the work that went into that moment because it just right. is the moment and you don't realize everything that created that. And yeah. That's the beauty. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. presentation. And it can last for, like you said, like a matter of minutes where it took so much time to create. So, yeah. Such is life. <laughs> do, do you recall, uh, from a music standpoint, um, perhaps one of the more painful creative decisions that you've had to make? Mm, painful creative decisions. I know I put you on the spot. No, I mean, there's. I, I feel like they happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just even making my album, I, I, I only had a few months to make it because I was on the road, um, and there was a lot of decisions that had to be made pretty quickly. You know, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have any time to second guess anything or re-record much. So kind of had to just get everything recorded and then hit the road again. And I was approving mixes and on the road. So, um, so there's a lot of things that you kind of have to, uh, just be like, well, it is what it is. Well, you know, <laughs> that brings up another question, uh, that I had and that is what's it been like for you as someone who's come into the spotlight and come into the business part of the music business, but from the perspective of a real artist and then having to hand over a certain amount of those decisions to uh, handlers or business partners or publicists or whatever it may be. And you start to lose your grip on some of the shaping of that artistry uh, where where do you embrace the opportunity and at the same time uh, fret at the loss of artistic control? Uh, well, what, I feel like whenever I made a decision that has to do with the business side of music, I really wanted it to be a mutual understanding of the creative side and mm -hmm. that I want to have all control. <laughs> um, I make all my own creative decisions and, uh, and I recorded the, this EP of music before, um, I was even talking to labels and I wanted them to be, you, you know, in love with it and not want to change a thing about it. And, um, luckily I found, uh, a label that has trusted my artistic decisions. So what label is that by the way? Interscope. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also a management team that believes in me and, um, uh, although they did make the mistake of putting you on the show. So <laughs> uh -oh. good move, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty, um, pre I'm pretty picky about how I present myself. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So in that way, when you are presenting yourself, I think it's, it's similar in the fashion industry as well. And with fashion shows and everything, you put something out there. It is a bit ephemeral, um, but it can be perceived in a different way than you may have intended. Have you ever experienced that where you put something out there and the way that it was perceived by the audience is a bit different than you had intended? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you love about that? all like anything artistic that you put out in the world, you are kind of just being like, all right, here it is. Misunderstand it. Or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's going to take it differently. Everyone has their different mm -hmm. influences and things that they listen to or, um, 
Yeah, I, I really like it, actually. I love people's interpretations of my music. or um, I'm always reading um, lyrics online that are definitely not what I wrote, you know? <laughs> but I think are so beautiful, and I like, almost want to like change it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like people's interpretations of, of my music. Um, like in Electric Love, there's this line that goes, you're like lightning in a bottle. I can't let you go now that I got it. And a lot of people were saying, I can't let you go down to the garden. Huh. And I was like, ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's a whole other meaning. Yeah. What's in this garden? Yeah. What's this secret garden about? <laughs> I want to go there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So uh, I'm interested, uh, Borns, about... Uh, you mentioned about style choices and how that's an extension of the song in a way. Your wardrobe that mm-hmm. you're wearing when you perform is part of the expression of the music. Mm-hmm. It adds to that experience. How much do you choose wardrobe to specifically, I want to say manipulate, but let's say accentuate or augment the musical experience in a specific way? So you say, okay, here's the song. Here's what it's about. Here's what his vibe is. I'm going to wear this uh, piece of wardrobe because it will mean this with the song. Mm. Um, is that part of your thought process and, and how do you come to that? Or is it really just more, here's the impression I want to make at this moment. And so that's what I'm going to wear. Yeah. I, I wear a lot of different things on the road. Um, and, uh, I haven't really got, I haven't really gotten to an, an elaborate point in the um, performance where I can do like costume changes. So I try to gotcha. wear something that can encompass yeah. <laughs> the whole show. Now you, you, you did wear something one time that was, uh, uh, and I may have this wrong, but uh, because of my incredible research, uh-huh. is uh, something about uh, it, it was it was a shirt or a coat with lights in it. Lights in it. Did, um, did you, it might have LEDs? been reflective. Reflective. Yeah, yeah. Sequence. Sequence. Probably of some sort. <laughs> well, yeah. it worked because I thought it was electrical. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I think it was probably a sequence, something reflective, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of abruptly shift a little bit because I'm, I'm, there's a question I've been kind of kicking around in my head for a while now. Better which be good is, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't kick yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm kind of wondering what it's like to be in an industry that's being disrupted by technology. Um, I'm, like right now, fashion shows are are shifting a little bit where they used to be designed to um, to work for buyers. Yeah. So buyers would know what they wanted to, to purchase for the next runway and mm. or for the line to carry in the stores and so on. And now they're shifting more towards audience participation and marketing and, and so on. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of disruption in the industry as a result um this is the first fashion week where um the the large trade show out in vegas is actually scheduled over the top of new york fashion week for the first time ever Hmm. um so now there's this where do we go and what do we do and so i'm kind of wondering it feels like music also has been going through this inflection point where the way we consume it is changing the way we present it is changing the role of the tour is different now than it was maybe before and so on. And I'm wondering what it's like to navigate that as an artist right now and, and kind of what you're seeing in your industry and maybe parallels you could draw. Yeah. Um, 
It's yeah, it's it's interesting to try to gauge how people are responding to your music just from social media, you know, like people can people can say they love it or you can you can get a kind of an instant reaction to your music all over the world, which is pretty amazing. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem real to me until I, I'm actually in a room like singing to people, you know, mm-hmm. and they're they're singing back to me or like the music is actually resonating through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as much as I think um, there is a broader awareness of your music instantly, I think that's a really beautiful thing of social media and mm-hmm. and putting music on the internet um uh but still there's nothing like uh live performance being in the room you know i totally get it I, i'm also an actor and yeah. one one of the questions i was asked in an interview is what do you love most about acting in this particular case it was stage acting and mm-hmm. and and i want to share this with you because i think you'll identify with yeah. it and i think what i said was something along the lines of there is, are very few feelings in the world, like working for weeks or months to develop the perfect moment where you're able to execute it and create an involuntary emotional reaction from hundreds or thousands of people at the same time without them realizing that you're completely manipulating them and delivering it like it's nothing, but it was all planned. Mm. And, and yet... As you do it, it's the easiest and most beautiful thing in the world. Hmm. And that moment is a perfect moment. It's like hitting a baseball the, perfectly or hitting a, a golf ball perfectly, that sweet spot and that moment when it all comes together. And I imagine when you're on stage and you deliver a song and everything is going perfectly in the way that the musicians are executing and you're in good voice yeah. and you're having a good performance and a good day and then the audience connects with you and sings with you and you say this is what it was all about this yeah. moment um, yeah there, there's moments where I feel like uh, I feel like that's that's happening and the stars kind of align in a show yeah. there's also moments where I feel completely out of control and I think that I have, uh, I am like have, have no control of like the what I, the point I'm trying to get across, or maybe I'm trying to like replicate something that I did the night before because yeah. I thought it like went <laughs> great, and that and and that particular moment uh, that that's show, but it's always like it's always the things that um, you're not expecting that really um, resonate with people, you know. Um, I I feel like uh it's almost like when I'm sleep deprived that's when I do my best shows. <laughs> you know, being in the being on the road for like hours and hours and hours and have to like go to sound check and then play a show for people. And uh that's when I'm least in control. It's when the little you doesn't show up but the big you does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, totally. Where the devil on your shoulder is singing That's along. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think in art and a lot of things, people do better when they're not trying, when they just let yeah. it happen. Because it's in them. You have mm-hmm. the talent. That's why right. you're here at the level in the business that you are, because you have the talent. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not being synthesized like a, a Britney Spears or someone else. You're, you're, 
you're delivering because it's in you. And when you just let it go and you're not trying too hard, it's just going to come through. Yeah, I like to keep an element of spontaneity in the yeah. the music. Authentic. The performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's not to say I, I won't have pyrotechnics someday. <laughs> well, what would you like to do with a show? And every, every aspect of it, whether it's, it's production, whether it's fashion, wardrobe, whether it's, uh, you know, instrumentation. If you, if you right now, money was unlimited and you, you, you had complete creative control from end to end and you just say, here's what's going to happen. Orchestra, this, that, mm. you know, uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir singing in the background, whatever it is. Right. What, what would be the most ultimate, beautiful, I never have to play another show after this moment? Ooh, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> um, well, no, but once you do that, you'd be able to play any show you want. That's mm, the key. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I never really let money be an influence to, and I know that wasn't the that wasn't your intention, but, no, but that's okay. Um, I I don't think if I had an endless amount of money that I'd be able to make a better show. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think it's really all about like the the music. I I learned a lot about. Um, the simplicity of it of a show um, this past year because uh, we've been on um, we've just been traveling in a van and yeah. uh, and have a, just a few outfits and um, and we really just focused on the performance and yeah. being really tight as musicians and um, and to be able to play to a full theater of people and like resonate just as much as like a full on produced. Yeah show yeah. I think is um the most important thing um so I don't know maybe a couple new outfits <laughs> so I'm hearing a flyover by F-14 <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. have you ever uh, felt like any venue is too big where you almost lose that authentic feel of connecting with the audience uh not really um I feel like I'm a big fan of natural reverb, so I like I like I singing that. in like a yeah. large cavernous <laughs> place. Um, yeah, I like I like big shows. Yeah. All right. Speaking of big shows, we're gonna play a big song right now as we go into our final break, and we'll come right. back with our last and uh, lightning segment of off the grid questions. But this right here is another song by Bourne's called Ten Thousand. Emerald Pools. Don't go anywhere. Listen to this great music. We'll go to break and we'll come back with more with recording artists born. It's right after this. Culture starts at the top, and great customer experience, the only competitive strategy in today's world, is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, 
we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova, and this is The One Thing. The One Thing, customer experience from the top, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found. Welcome back to Fashion Is Your Business, and this is our final segment. We're going to play a lightning round of off-the-grid questions. That's where we uh, sit with our guest and we ask questions that are, well, you know, off the grid. And now, it's time for Questions Off the Grid with Fashion Is Your Business. Neither of us, uh, none of us knows what we're going to say. We don't know what the other co-host is going to ask. And so we're going to spin the wheel of Question Destiny right now. Beep, 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 beep. And it's a Julia. <laughs> Julia. Always the first. Oh, always the first. So, uh, Sweet Ju- Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Bluebird. Uh, uh, let's see. So um, in one of your past interviews, you mentioned that you love magic. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I know that you can't show us a magic trick right now, but can you explain to us your favorite magic trick? My favorite magic trick. Nice. <laughs> nice. Favorite magic trick of all time? Um, well, I like close-up magic because it's like, you know, the most kind of in front of you in your, in your you know, in your bubble. Um, I like uh, card tricks and sleight of hand kind of stuff, some mentalism. Um... Do you want me to read your mind? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, 50, 52 cards in a deck, right? Yep. Think of one. Just see it in your mind. Okay. Got it? Yep. Okay. Is it a red card? No. No, it's not. It's a spade. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it a face card? Yes. Yeah. Is it the jack of spades? No. <laughs> is this the part of the show we're asked to cut? <laughs> is it the Queen of Spades? No. King of Spades? No. Ace of Spades? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. One out of four. That's that pretty good. <laughs> You'd win 20 right. Cut all the other parts but Ace of Spades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you'd gotten that on the first try, it would have helped the whole lightning round part of this. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, well, Rob. You know, um, maybe oh. it's the uh, it's the beer. Yeah, it's throwing me off. My equilibrium is off. <laughs> Ace of Spades, Julia. Everybody. Yeah. You know what's great? I could edit that like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, so edit it in, and then we'll do a making of. That's know? right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Um, I'm always interested in early educational influences, and you've mentioned that your father is an artist. You've mm-hmm. mentioned a little bit about growing up, and so I'm I'm kind of wondering, um, what was the first instrument that you started playing with, and was it a self-propelled? Uh, exploration of that instrument or did you take lessons and so on and then what was kind of your early process there first instrument i started playing with 
Well, uh, it was a piano. Um, it was a baby grand piano. Um, and I played it very poorly. <laughs> um, took a few lessons, learned some scales, some chords. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Nice. Plunked around on it. I'm a plunker. I'm not really, <laughs> I'm definitely not a, uh, a virtuoso on any instrument. I just kind of, you know, know enough. But that's how I like it. I don't like knowing too much. You, you, you seem to have fooled them pretty well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, most of the best songs in the world are very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Piano Man, that's pretty simple. Piano Man. Well, I mean, Billy Joel can also well, rip on a keyboard. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my final question of the, the episode is when you have toured or when you're on the road in any way, what is the thing that when it all just gets to you, you have to stop and do in order to ground yourself, whether it's go get pizza or call your mom or do laundry or something that just makes you feel like a person again? Uh, a nap. <laughs> good 15-minute nap is always good. Um, uh, a couple of sun salutations. Um, a bath <laughs> is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple. Bubble bath? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm into, I'm into a, a bubble bath. Sure. All right. <laughs> with a, with a nice, uh, just put on some, some music to have your own bubble bath, read a book, light some candles. Woo. <laughs> who do you put on when you listen to music in your bubble bath? Um, well, <laughs> some Julie London. Um, I don't know, uh, something, something jazzy and provocative. Perfect. And on that note, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, how, how, uh, what would you like to plug or how can people connect with you or follow what you do? Uh, let's see if you want to connect with me. Um, I am on the interwebs. Uh, Born's Music is my handle mm-hmm. on pretty much everything. Snapchat, Instagram, Great. Twitter, Facebook. Bornsmusic.com. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. Yeah. Well, everybody, please uh, make sure to follow uh, Born's Music and go to Bornsmusic.com and uh, follow this really very cool cat. Oh, thanks, man. And um, uh, Garrett Borns, a.k.a. Borns. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It was thank a real you, pleasure to have you. And uh, we will look forward to following your career as it clearly goes upward. Uh, so uh, that's the end of the show, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. So for Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. And Julia McAllister. Night. I'm Mark Rako. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. You can follow our show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and on our website, os-fashion.com. This program has been a production of Open Source Fashion, Inc. and Fashion Media Center, LLC. No portion of the program may be reproduced or distributed without express written consent. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.